name's Bond. James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Grow up, 007. <laughs> this never happened to the other fellow. I'm the man. Every penny of it. So you put your money where your mouth is. It's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll do anything for a woman with a knife. And any small man and never forget it! Kill Bond, now! To the right! To the right! To the right! Shocking. Positively shocking. You get your clothes on, I'll buy you a nice trade. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Double Oz 7, uh, the current number one rated Oz podcast on the Oz Network. Um, thanks to the departure of, uh, temporary departure of one of our co-hosts who hasn't been on in a while, and then our ratings spiked as far as Oz shows goes. <laughs> But uh, we are back, and we're not doing a commentary for Die Another Day. Uh, I found a way to get out of that episode. I had to send Ben halfway across the world to do it. But I found a way out of the Die Another Day commentary. Um, We are here to talk about a lot of things Spectre-related, a lot of things Mexico-related. Ben's on the scene for us here, but uh, we'll get to all that in a little bit. Uh, My name is Senor Colin, and uh, today is the Day of the Living. And hola, my name is Ben, that's all the Spanish I know, and can I just say, I got closer to James Bond in the last two days than anybody on this show ever has, except for Colin when he went to the That's right. I will point out, I don't remember if I mentioned it, or I probably mentioned it six times, but I did drive past Sean Connery's house, I just didn't know which one was his, so uh, I was in the vicinity of Sean Connery, I'm going to claim that as a win, but as far as locations go... I mean, I'll stand by my Thunderball location as being fantastic, but you can kind of update everybody what you're really doing right now or where you are in the world. I, I'm I'm running away. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I've had enough of the world, and I've decided to go to Mexico because that's where all the Australian runaways go. Um, no, I'm, I'm doing a bit of traveling, I guess you could say, and uh, my travels have brought me to Mexico, and... Not sadly, purely just for James Bond purposes. I did kind of come here for a car race, Formula One. Yes, I know it's obviously huge amongst James Bond listeners, but um, it just happened that it's in Mexico City. It just happened that I had a day and a bit spare, so I thought, well, I'm here. Why not go be James Bond for the day? And then it also just so happened when I was here, um, they had a, a massive street festival to do with day of the dead because it's it's day of the dead time right now and um i'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about this in the episode but the whole parade in specter which is obviously amazing and epic that actually has never happened before so basically the mexicans said well that looked amazing let's do it to celebrate specter so they held their very first street parade to do with day of the dead and luck is luck to have it i was able to go and see it and again we'll talk about this but like they actually had props from specter in it, sadly, they didn't have a helicopter. I was actually seriously thinking they might do some sort of like show and fly, fly a helicopter above it or something like that, but um, they didn't go that far. So that's why I'm in Mexico, uh, and that's why I get to talk about being close to James Bond, sort of. Well, you kind of messaged us. I don't know. It might have only been two or three days ago when you were checking out the locations, and at the time, I mean, it, it basically happened. You were saying oh yeah, this is the site, oh, I might check out this one, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're having a parade, and this was this something that was announced? Was it planned? Like, you didn't know about it, but as soon as this happened, what was it, last night, 24 hours ago or something, all of a sudden, all over the internet, yeah. everybody's talking about it. Like, was this a, a, an impromptu thing? Was it a surprise? I'm going to be completely honest with you and our listeners right now. I found out about it from a girl on Tinder. <laughs> now, um... <laughs> That is no word of a lie. Um, I was talking to a, a lovely, you know, local girl on Tinder. Uh, sadly, didn't sort of go past anything, but whatever. But, like, um, she was talking about, um, you know, oh, what are you doing here? What are some other things you want to see? And I, I mentioned to her, I said that, oh, I spent the day today checking out, like, where they filmed Spectre. And she's like, oh, so you're going to the parade on the weekend? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And she went to tell me about it. I Googled it, found, like, a... I think like a BBC article basically saying that, you know, Mexico loved Spectre so much they're holding their very first street parade. So, um, yeah, 
like Tinder might not have gotten me laid this week, but it certainly did get me to a, uh, <laughs> a Day of the Dead festival in Mexico City. Like, this is Estrella still sitting in that hotel room waiting for Bond to come back from his little balcony walk. I, yep. And she's just yep. hitting up she's Tinder. Bored. She's like, I know he's going to be back eventually. I haven't quite stooped to this level of podcast host yet, but I want to get prepared because it's been a year now. Yeah, well, actually, the, the funny thing is, is once we got talking about it, and she found out I was a podcaster. She actually got excited. But when I said I was from 007 and not Spectre, etc., she blocked me. So uh, We have to start keeping a count of how many minutes into the episode it takes before Ben takes a slam at Spectre, etc., which you probably <laughs> never listened to. <laughs> I, I, I'm a huge listener. Absolutely. I was um, listening to it before we came on air tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, I mentioned that this is something that yesterday was all over the internet. At least I noticed it. Uh, there were tons of articles, uh, different posts online, but... It wasn't even really covered, like, in James Bond media. I mean, there wasn't a lot of talk about her or anything. And uh, so I'm going to call this a little bit of an exclusive that you were there. Um, was this something where you saw, like, media there, or was it more just a local local celebration? Well, I mean, that's that's a funny thing because, like, I mean, besides the life I had on Tinder. <laughs> Lack not, of? Not in the uh, way that, that – yeah, well, exactly. But um, I actually did Google before I came here kind of um, sort of day of the dead – celebrations because i mean i guess i was like many maybe fans of the movie that honestly thought that street parade was an actual thing like i didn't realize it was just for the movie so like i um initially when i planned and coming here i thought i'd stay a couple of days and it was sort of a debate like do i go to the u.s for halloween or do i say mexico for day of the dead and of course i plan on going to halloween instead so there was nothing that i found online even when i found out from this person about it like I Googled it, and, and the only thing I found was that BBC article. And um, it's funny, actually, because it's like even kind of talking to the people I'm staying with, they didn't know about it. And, I mean, there's there's signs everywhere, and there's lots of things around the city and kind of where I'm staying to do with Day of the Dead, like, you know, lots of skulls and lots of sort of things, obviously, because it's a big deal that they celebrate here on November the 1st and 2nd, I believe. But, I mean, there, there is ads and billboards. They're in Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> So, for all I know, it could be saying, like, come along to the street parade. Um, or it could simply be like, yes, it's Day of the Dead, but there's nothing else happening. You just have to find out from people from Tinder. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I have a memory of a Sylvester Stallone 90s movie. I mean, it's been one whole episode since we referenced obscure 90s trivia. But there was a Sylvester Stallone Antonio Banderas movie called Assassins, which I absolutely loved growing up. And mm -hmm. I remember a Day of the Dead parade in there, too. So what, what exactly is the Mexico? If they don't have a parade, is this just there's not a parade like we saw in the film? Or do they have anything like this for Day of the Dead? Uh, they, I mean, they have sort of events that go on, from what I gather. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it is a very big deal for Mexico, um, you know, because I think it's sort of more a traditional way of celebrating kind of the the period around Halloween, obviously, what Americans and I'm guessing Canadians, do Canadians celebrate Halloween, Colin? Yes, I'm in the <laughs> we black. do. Okay, there we go. All right, there you go. It's a thing in Australia. They're trying to make it big, but it's not going to happen. But, um, you know, it's obviously their different way of doing it. So, like, when I actually went to the, the square, which is called the Zocalo in Mexico City on uh, Thursday, before I knew about the parade, they had all these sort of, um, they were kind of like, I guess, carousel things with all these skulls, just a big massive display in the middle of this square and it was all fenced off and to me I thought like that was to coincide with the celebrations like happening early you know in the week not to do with the parade so I mean and then you know I've been to like little street vendor things and they've got like heaps of skulls and heaps of all these sort of things and there's sort of again speaking to the people I'm saying with they kind of said that yes it's like celebrated you know families sort of do things and you know, it, it's it's something, I guess, that people can go to events, but also, you know, individually celebrated as well. So I, I'm not sure of the specifics of, you know, obviously if Sylvester Stallone and Antonio Banderas are in street parades in the 90s, <laughs> that like, you know, sadly that didn't kick off for Mexico City in the 90s. But obviously as soon as James Bond does it, it's different. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, nobody has the Assassins 1995 <laughs> commemorative parade, I guess, in Mexico City. I don't even remember no, if it took place in Mexico sadly, City, no. but I mean, you were there. What was what was it like? How did it play out? Like, I mean, there's a video what people can watch it, but it obviously looks different from the Bond movie in that 
in the Bond movie, Bond's walking in the middle of this thing, and where you were, it, it didn't look like you could breathe. I mean, describe what it was actually like there. <laughs> yeah, this is, again, the magic of movies, because um, seriously, if that was legitimately how it played out for me yesterday, um, yeah, Bond would no way have been able to find, um, you know, anybody chasing through the streets. Um, let's just say it's crazy. I mean... To kind of put something into context, Mexico City has about 20 million people. Uh, Australia has 23 million people. So, you know, there's pretty much the population of the country I'm from in this one city. And by the time I arrived, and I'll just do a little bit of a backstory here, I got pickpocketed on the train on the way to this festival. I, I got my phone stolen. So that video nearly never happened. I nearly could not have recorded anything. So basically, I've gotten to the area, again, called the Zocalo, which um, I've actually found out is the second largest public square in the world behind uh, Red Square in, in Moscow. Um, and by the time you sort of get off there, just the, the amount of people, like, I mean, I was there on Thursday, you know, there's a few people there still, but, like, compared to Thursday, this was just bedlam. So I'm spending, you know, I've been told it starts at three. Um, <clears throat> I've been told it ends in the Zocalo, so it, it started um, in a sort of, an, I didn't know exactly where in the city. So I kind of was like, I'll just go to the end. So I'm at three o'clock thinking, like, okay, this is going to start anytime soon. Spent an hour trying to find a freaking phone store or a camera store so I can record it. I've eventually got a phone. That's that's another story. You don't care about that. You want James Bond. Um, James Bond doesn't get his phone stolen. If he gets his phone stolen, he can't. I was going to say, right? I'm like, you went there to feel like you were James Bond, and I cannot picture any scenario <laughs> where Bond's chasing somebody. He's like, that guy just grabbed my phone. Somebody, somebody get that guy. <laughs> Yes, as you can see, I'm very James Bond. I'm very similar to James Bond. Um, but so basically, it, I mean, this is a thing. It's, and I don't know if this came down to the fact of how it was advertised, or again, just a, a language barrier that perhaps it was all in newspapers or something. You know, giving you specifics. Because I read another article saying that it could take up to three hours, like this parade. So I've kind of like gotten to a position as best as I could. Because then probably about two hours, so about five o'clock. It's taken two hours to get from where obviously it started to the Zocalo. And you kind of obviously start seeing it. So, I mean, in terms of it being similar, um, I mean, really all you obviously see Inspector is kind of the, the skeleton with the scar in its mouth and, you know, lots of people dressed up. There, there were people dressed up, not as many people as I thought there would be. Um, I was hoping that they would be, like, you know, doing face painting or uh, sort of having the, the masks and everything, but I didn't see any. So, sadly, I couldn't completely be James Bond because, you know, clearly, again, my phone stole and really put me in that league. But um, And then kind of eventually, you know, there was just a whole heap of different floats. Like um, there were people, you know, lots of skulls, people dressed in skulls. There was um, sort of a float and they were carrying kind of like giant, uh, I guess, like playing cards, like, you know, the Ace of Spades and all that sort of stuff on it. All these kind of like topless men. And then, you know, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's topless women as well. So I'm like, hey, this is kind of, you know, now I'm James Bond. I know you from um, Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> there's my friend. Thank you for telling me about this parade. Um, but then kind of sort of as it started going along, then the, the bigger ones sort of came along. So there's probably about three or four big skulls, which, again, I sort of put in the video. But obviously the main one that I was looking out for was the one with the scar in its mouth, the one that you mm -hmm. see, like, straight away on, on Spectre. And that came about. That's obviously the bit where I get, you know, nice and excited about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess kind of it was just an elongated version of what you saw on, on, on Spectre. I mean, the crowd were just, they were into it. Like, I mean, there were people hanging from the tops of, like, sort of the windows from the buildings around the square and just, I mean, I, I haven't read any news reports on the exact number, but I mean, the sort of previews I read for it, they were, you know, saying they could get anywhere from 200, 300,000 to a million people, and I mean, just to get from one side of the square to the other where I had to catch the train back, like you cannot move. If you want to move, you basically have to, like, submit yourself to a sea of people, get completely crushed, and it's just like a river. You just go with the flow. Like, you don't, like... And basically, as soon as you see a point where you want to try and get off, you've got to somehow find a way. And I've never been in that many people in my life getting that crushed. I mean, I've just had my phone stolen, so I'm basically hanging on to every other possession that I have so tightly because I'm like, if I lose my wallet, I'm not getting home. I've got no money. I'm screwed. So um, it was it was incredible. And, like, sort of, 
seeing all the people dress up and everything, I, I took a photo and shared it with um, with you and Noah, and I, I did post it on our Facebook page. There was a guy literally dressed up like James Bond in the opening bit. You know, he had the top hat, the mask, you know, the skeleton outfit. The selfie and stick. Selfie <laughs> stick. Um, he's holding a phone, but, um, you know, it was... It was just amazing because, like, sort of in, in the time when I arrived to when it actually began, it's it's almost like the people doubled there. Like, if I had have not lost my phone and just gotten there and positioned myself, I, I could have been right up, you know, right at the front and really been able to see it. But, um, you know, I mean, it was still – I've never experienced anything like that before. And, I mean, the one thing that I kept thinking to myself is, like, literally right now, if James Bond was here and accidentally blew up a building and there was a helicopter flying above everybody – there would have been so many casualties on the ground from people getting crushed and panicking because, like, I'm getting crushed in a crowd that is enjoying themselves. If there's explosions and a helicopter threatened to chop people's heads off, yeah, I would have died. And, and you were the <laughs> one who was complaining that nobody was even responding to that helicopter crashing in the movie. They're just going on with the party. Yep, exactly. So, again, completely unrealistic. Now, the outside of the Day of the Dead thing, you also visited a couple of locations for the movie. So, you want to mention which ones you went to there too? Well, the one that I, the, the things that I was really trying to find, like outside of the Zocalo, was like when I was actually walking the streets because I kind of wanted to find the street which led in to the Zocalo area, where actually sort of he goes into and then climbs on the roof. And I guess kind of I did, you know, the night before I did kind of watched the opening sequence a, a few times to really kind of try and get a grasp of where it was. Um, I didn't quite go as prepared as you did when you obviously had Thunderball on your iPad yeah. <laughs> uh, ready to go, uh, which I probably should have done. But I thought I'd kind of found the hotel a couple of times because a lot of the buildings and, like, you're just sort of walking through these really tight streets and, you know, it looks very similar to what um, actually, you know, where it was filmed. But I didn't sort of find anything specific. So when I got home that night and uh, realised I was going back on the weekend i googled sort of specifically where it was and the interiors at least were filmed in a hotel called the grand hotel ciudad de mexico apologies to anybody who speaks spanish and i'm just destroying your language um which uh you know the interiors are when he's in the elevator and he walks to the room the roof and all that sort of stuff and incidentally actually your favorite movie of course license to kill um when uh, bond and pambuvier um get with q that was the interiors were filmed in there as well. But, like, sadly, similar to when you were in the Bahamas and you couldn't bribe anyone to get into um, the Casino Royale Hotel, there was a gated uh, door, and I wasn't the only one trying to get in there. And, it was, and you know, it wasn't... They were all, obviously, tourists because, you know, they they were Caucasian, if I can put that nicely. <laughs> um, like, they weren't locals let's be honest and like people were going up and obviously saying can we go in and get photos and they were just like no you gotta stay here and then i saw people coming in and out who were obviously you know showing like a room key or that they were there so um i really wanted to go in to take pictures but i mean the outside of it's amazing enough like it's got sort of a grand entrance and i don't know why i guess maybe it was just the location of the street they couldn't actually show him like the entrance isn't the one that him and australia walk into but um i could sort of just see like a massive chandelier sort of just inside the door and the rooftops were like, you know, sort of those really fancy windows that you do see. So, I mean, a lot of obviously movie trickery, the way they kind of edited it from one point to another. But um, the one thing that I was also disappointed with, that, like, they've got the, the massive flagpole in the middle of the Zocalo. They didn't have the giant Mexican flag on it, sadly. Um, but, yeah, and just sort of when, um, when you watch Bond fly in the helicopter and you sort of get that long shot of Mexico City, you see, like, a really tall silver building which is the uh, toro de latin america which is kind of like a one of mexico city's biggest uh, tallest buildings and there's like an observation deck at the top of it so i went to the top of that um and got some photos of that and kind of when you're above the city and you're sort of looking around you know you notice a lot of the the landmarks that you see when he's flying over the city so i mean that was pretty cool like i mean i've only i mean i've been to sort of as i mentioned in the video like you know, I've been to the Golden Gate Bridge, but, like, I just drove over. It's not like I could climb up it and play, you know, Max Zorin Untangle or like a that. blimp that's um, caught up in it. <laughs> yes. Sadly, I couldn't quite do that. But, I mean, this is kind of the first time I've actually been to, you know, a location and actually been like, okay, this is where Bond was filmed. You know, I mean, I went to Miami Beach and there were planes flying over with advertising hoarding, but sadly I couldn't, like, you know get on a diving board and jump into a pool with Welcome to Miami in the background. And Dink was so, not um, on Tinder it, it was there either, cool. we should mention no, that. No, no. 
Sadly not. Sadly no dink on Tinder. There's very little dink on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, there's a challenge for somebody to go on Tinder and have their name as Dink. <laughs> Um, I mean, the first thing that, like you mentioned already, when I was trying to bribe my way into the parking lot of the Ocean Club from Casino Royale, I just think that we can take out of this that James Bond stays at the most exclusive hotels. No tourist can get in there. It doesn't matter who you are, how many $50 bills you have on you. I mean, this I'd be interested to see how many James Bond hotels you actually could get into around the world. <laughs> Well, well, in all honesty, actually, I think when I was googling this this hotel, the um the rates to stay there weren't that expensive. So I'm telling you now, if I ever come back to Mexico City again, even if it's for one night, I'm going to stay there because it's um you know again like you look at it and it's it's you know it's very fancy. Like I mean, these people at the at the door stopping people from coming in. It's not like they're just wearing you know jeans and a t-shirt. They're basically wearing like suits and like proper doormen. Um, so, you know, I, I'd love to stay there. So I think it's probably a lot more achievable than the ocean club. <laughs> well, I, that was the other thing that we found, uh, the hotel from Thunderball that Connery stays at, uh, it's been completely redone. Like you could never recognize it from the outside other than, you know, just the, the, the driveway where he drives up might look the same, but, uh, pavement's pretty much the closest thing you get to it. We couldn't find the location. It was on the way back. I got a quick picture of when I finally found it because it was across the street from McDonald's. And I'll just say the McDonald's had like armed guards there in the Bahamas. (laughs) But when we did get home, I looked up that hotel and I'm like, it's really pretty much the same price as we were paying for. I mean, we were at an all-inclusive resort. That's the difference. But as far as a hotel, it wasn't that expensive. So maybe just depending on what location Bond's in, he decides to go for the exclusive or the cheapskates one one day he's going to be at a motel eight somewhere in bond 25 that's the idris elbow <laughs> well, <bond. laughs> well I, I will say actually opposite the uh the hotel there was like a you know i'm guessing it was like a, a mexican you know department store of some type there was a security guard standing out there with kind of like this ak-47 looking gun mm. and i mean i've seen that before i think once when i went to new york like sort of I don't. I might have been in Times Square. I don't know. I've seen like you know, but it, you never see that in Australia. I mean, God, you're not allowed to have guns. But like, it's just. And I saw. I, I saw plenty. Like you know, uh, certain certain areas of of Mexico, just people standing there with a giant weapon. You just kind of like. I don't know if I feel really safe or really scared right now. <laughs> like if I accidentally like breathe on you, funny, you're just going to open fire <laughs> on me. Like what's happening here? The um, the dollar stores in the Bahamas also had armed guards, I'll point that out. But uh, this is completely unrelated to James Bond, but you were somewhere recently where they had, like, guns aren't allowed. What was that again? Yeah, so um, so obviously being Mexico for the Grand Prix, um, a week ago I was in Texas for the American Grand Prix, and, you know, it's America, it's Texas, but, like, there's literally a sign that says, like, no handguns allowed, no long guns allowed. And, like, I know Americans love their guns, but, like, what American is going to a, a, a car race thinking, like, I'm going to shoot some guns? Like, I mean, I, I, I don't know. what Is it just is it a, such a Texas thing that wherever you go, you have to have a gun that you've got to be told, no, 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 no guns in the race? <laughs> well, you and I were both in Minneapolis about six months ago, and I don't know if you noticed yes. on the door of their Mall of America, it says you can't bring guns yes. in. Last yes. time that my wife and I were in Minneapolis, probably about a year ago, uh, we were trying to just get onto one of their uh, routes, trying to get out of the city, basically, on our last day. And we got turned around in the parking lot of a daycare, and I saw a sign on the daycare door, like a children's daycare, nursery school, that says firearms are not allowed on the premises or whatever. I'm like, this is a daycare. <laughs> is this? It's a different. It's a different world. And again, off topic. I mean, it's not. It's on topic. Bond uses. Yeah, that's right. Talk about guns, but like, um, you know, like I mean, obviously gun laws in Canada and Australia are vastly different to America. But, I mean, for people to have to be told, like, as you said, like the Mall of America, no guns, a daycare, like, you know, it's it's like, you know, Johnny dropping his kid off at the daycare. Here you go. Here's my weapon. Oh, no, sorry, I'm not allowed to have it. Put it back (laughs) in my pocket. Like, I mean, are they that in love with their guns that they've got to take it in case somebody robs them as they're dropping the kid off from school. I, I, don't uh, know. I know my son will be packing a Walther PPK next to his juice box when he goes <laughs> to take care. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, 
Well, that's basically your Mexico trip. Uh, are there any other James Bond sites or locations on your travels that uh, you're on in the next little while? Uh, well, I'm going to New York. I guess he was there for a little <laughs> bit. Um, live and let die. Um, you're going to find yeah, some honkies not, in not... Harlem. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to, you know, go there and do that. Not, not really. I mean, I sadly, you know, as we keep saying, Bond hasn't filmed in Canada. So, um, no. And I don't think Bond has ever been to like Denver or Salt Lake City. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not going to be unfortunately, but um, I'm probably right now as close to the Bahamas as I've ever been, except when I was in Florida. So, I mean, that counts for maybe something. I don't know. <laughs> um, we could kind of transition here. Just like you said, they're holding the Spectre thing. It's probably, I don't know the exact release date, but it's basically about a year from when Spectre came out. Uh, I know it came out in other countries before it came out in North America and Australia. It was out for probably a week or two already, at least in England. But we're at a year now, and we've talked about this, and I don't know how many... We've analyzed more episodes on the trailers of Spectre than we have on <laughs> Timothy Dalton movies. <laughs> and we're currently at three episodes we'll on two that. Dalton movies, or four almost. But uh, it's been a couple months since we talked about Spectre. I think the last time we did was when it first came out on Blu-ray, and that was our full coverage. So I don't know. We could talk a little bit about where we're viewing Spectre now a year later. Has anything changed in the last six months? Does this movie have a legacy? Um, I'll kind of just say one thing that's different for me is I think I probably mentioned this when we recorded our Spectre full recap, or if I didn't, I was in the middle of rewatching it once, and something's kind of weird about the movie for me where I feel like the first half I'm always really into, despite the fact the first half in a regular Bond movie would be the slower half. There's very slow story building. There's a lot of characters. You don't have Blofeld. I mean, nothing against Christoph Waltz. I love Christoph Waltz. But I just feel like the movie, as soon as he's introduced, just kind of slows down. And the last time I was trying to watch it, I watched the first half in bed one night, and uh, I was really into it. And then the next night I started watching it, and I couldn't even finish. I'm not saying that I dislike the movie that much. Oh, I can't even watch it, but it's just... I was trying to go to bed, and I'm like, yeah, this is it's kind of boring now. I, I feel like without that first half, the second half barely works uh, as it is. But watching it one night the first half, and then the second night only watching the second half of the movie, I just I had a lot of trouble getting into it. I really do feel like this movie, the more time passes, the more it kind of does fall apart from the halfway point on, at least in my opinion. I don't think I've watched it since we did the recap. And obviously between sort of flicking through the opening sequence a bit here. Um, but it's one that I, I do really want to go back and watch because I come, you know, my dad, for example, hasn't seen it yet. It's been sitting on my shelf for, you know, as long as it's been out in Blu-ray. And I keep telling him, Dad, you know, watch Spectre. He watched San Andreas before he watched Spectre. <laughs> um, nothing against the rock and disaster movies. Like, that's a whole different kettle of fish. There's not going to be a street parade in San Francisco and it's destroyed, but whatever. Um, but... You know, I was I was talking to my my parents the other day and sort of telling them that I'm going to this, and I said like, get Dad to watch Spectre. Mum, you don't like James Bond, but at least watch the opening ten minutes of it so you can see where I am. And I, I don't think they've done it. Whatever. Um, but I mean, I still am very fond of it. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I did rank it higher than Skyfall from memory. It's I don't know. With Skyfall, I'm sort of I'll watch it, and one time I'm like, yeah, this is really good. Next, and I sort of be down, and I'm sort of always up and down with Skyfall. With Spectre, there's just something about it. Like, I've probably seen it uh, four or five times now, and I just get higher on it each time because, to me, it's like, again, as we've talked about so many times in our 17,000 episodes on Spectre, like, <laughs> it's the most um, Bondian-feeling Bond-Craig film that there is. So that's why I kind of am probably got higher on it. I, I can see your point kind of about the second half of it, but, I mean, I'm so high on Christoph Waltz anyway that you know, through the criticism that, that I've read he gets and that he's not used properly. And, like, again, I think we might, it might have been out when we last did an episode. The honest trailer for it kind of probably sums up a lot of what you're saying and what a lot of people say about Spectre. But I still, I still kind of am very high on it. And I reckon the more I watch it, the higher I will be on it. And, you know, it's, it's fascinating to think that, that, you know, obviously you know that I'm sort of with Noah and sort of not that high up in Daniel Craig, but. There's just something about Spectre that really brings me back into what Bond should be. And, you know, maybe that's why a lot of 
people sort of have gone down on Spectre a lot more in the last, you know, six months or so because they're sort of so used to this newer Bond that they're liking it, whereas now Spectre's kind of going backwards a bit in terms of what it was, whereas I don't go down and I, I get I get more high up on it. I think that the one thing that does work in the second half of the movie is that it is tr- classic Bond. It's very traditional Bond. Um, I just don't think that it really works for the first half, and um, the there's a lot less action in this than we've had in the last couple Bonds, and I'm not one, okay, we need to have so much action. Like There's almost too much action in, well, there's definitely too much action in Die Another Day, and none of it really works, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. The story I... just didn't work, and I don't it just feels like two different movies for me. It's interesting though you say like you're not that big on Daniel Craig. You ranked Spectre seventh. You ranked Skyfall eighth. Casino Royale's fifth. You have three Daniel Craigs in your top eight. He makes up almost fifty percent of your top eight, um, and wow. he's only made four movies. Uh, Noah had Spectre at eleventh, only one spot lower than Skyfall. I had Skyfall at six, Spectre at thirteenth, and I think I'd probably still hold it around that spot. I have it like right in between Octopussy and Tomorrow Never Dies, and I will say that with both Octopussy and Tomorrow Never Dies, they're movies that I grew fonder of the more I watched them. I think a year in, I'm not necessarily growing fonder of Spectre, but there is something about the tone of the movie that's always really interesting to me. So whenever I'm looking for something to watch at night and I see Spectre on the shelf. It always has me interested. Uh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll give this a watch, even though I've seen it, like you said, probably five, maybe even six times now. Just because the tone of it's so interesting and it's so strange, and it feels like both a new Bond and a classic Bond at the same time. So a lot of stuff was done right. You mentioned, you know, that people aren't that high in the movie. Your parents haven't seen the movie. Um, this is interesting because now we're at the year point where. When we first did this, the people who are big Bond fans would have seen it in the theater. Now, just your average person seen Spectre, and who do you know that's seen this movie, and what are the reactions of people that you've talked to, if you do know any Bond fans? I think Noah went through the fact that he doesn't know any, but uh, yeah, are you any, no. are you um, hearing anything from people about their opinions on this? It's kind of weird to think that probably in a few months it might be on TV. Yeah. Like, I mean a year ago where how many days are we counting down to it and here we are going to be on Sunday night at 8.30 or something ridiculous like that um, yeah no I, I do know like just on my dad quickly like I mean as I've sort of mentioned a lot in these episodes like you know he's the one who introduced me to Bond of course and all that and, and I think a lot of the reason why he hasn't sort of leaked out to watch Spectre is because again he's um, not high up on Craig so um, he I, I remember sort of like seeing you know a lot of Bond movies with him growing up and sort of you know he I went to the cinemas for the first time with him for the world's on up and I saw Skyfall with him because I think we hadn't been to a Bond movie together since Die Another Day. Like he didn't come and see the other Craig ones with me. So he was kind of not as high on Craig, so he's not really been that keen to see it. But um another good friend of mine, Sam, he again is a big Bond fan and similar sort of thing, not huge on Daniel Craig, but he basically saw Spectre and like he I remember when he sort of messaged me about a day or so later, he was like, Yep, this is this is Bond. This is, you know, the best one that they've, he's done. This is, you know, it really feels like what Bond should be. And, yeah, another friend of mine, too, I've mentioned a few times, Josh, uh, who's, you know, a huge Bond fan. He, too's very high up. And I think I've kind of – my Bond fans that I know, I guess, are kind of similar opinions on me with the whole Craig era. Um, and, it's, I mean, it's interesting when you were saying about that I've got so many of them in my top ten um, – that that's yeah that's kind of weird um dying of the day is like above both of them though isn't it like yeah dying of the day is six <laughs> so it's just below casino royale there you go that balances it out um but yeah i mean it's kind of when you're saying about like watching it like you know generally i would always sort of if i wanted to watch bomb movies i'd always generally watch the newest one whatever it is um and i mean i sort of i guess i haven't really gotten around to it yet but i mean i it's kind of like thinking like you mentioned i think at the top of this episode like the legacy in that of of specter it's i mean i talked to i think during the quantum of solace moment and specter's nowhere near as bad as quantum of solace but when i first saw quantum of solace i didn't realize it was negatively received i thought this is a fairly decent film like this is okay um and obviously over the years it's really gone down the toilet so i just wonder if that's what it will be like and maybe it will take till bomb 25 to really get you know what it will truly be like but um 
yeah, I'm, I'm thinking they're the only friends I know. That I don't have any friends, Colin. Please, I'm, I'm in Mexico by myself right now. Come on. You're hitting up Tinder just for friends. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm not trying to get yeah. paid. I'm just like, help me. I'm lonely. What's going on this weekend? Oh, James Bond. Yeah. I will say I have one friend who's a big Bond fan who uh, he did, wasn't able to see this with me when it was in theaters, um, but... As soon as it came out on Blu-ray, I was going to take it over his house to watch it, and I brought it over there, and I open up the case, and the case is empty. <laughs> he still brings that up several times. You still have to bring, you know, Spectre over so I can watch it. I kept telling him, I'm like, you know what? Don't expect too much out of it. It's not the best Bond movie, and he's like, hey, not the best Bond movie. Still one that you know I want to watch. Um, and sure. I just asked him the other day, like, have you seen Spectre yet? And he goes, yeah, I saw the case for it for about five seconds. <laughs> Still reminds me of that. But it's a good case. It's, it's a it good is a very good case, yes. Um, but I know other than that, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who have seen Spectre now, not necessarily huge Bond fans, like... Let's be honest, anybody who's not even a huge Bond fan has probably still seen half of the Bond movies out there. Um, especially the Daniel Craig ones, the recent ones. And I would say nine times out of ten, it seems like the reaction I get when I ask people, oh, what did you think about it, is, yeah, it was okay. Like, nobody's that down on it. You mentioned Quantum of Solace, and it's interesting because I always got different reactions with Quantum of Solace where people who were big Bond fans would say it was really disappointing. And then people who weren't necessarily huge Bond fans would say, yeah, it was okay. And they would say mm. it in a positive way, yeah, it was all right. With this one, it's more like, yeah, it's okay. you know. And I think the running time has a lot to do with that. It's a slower movie. Um, I haven't really found a person yet who absolutely loves Spectre. Um, you know, outside of this podcast. I was going to say hello. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, I mean, I haven't run into anybody yet who says it was so bad. It was so awful. You know, I think it's just going to be one of those movies that people are indifferent on. And maybe maybe that'll change 30 years from now. I mean, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, people were very indifferent to that when it came out. Uh, people were even negative on that. And now it's finally, I can even remember getting into the Bond movies in the late 90s. And people would say like, oh, that one with George Lazenby, that was that was awful, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. And now that's one of the classic Bonds. So opinions can change over time. I think Spectre could be one of those movies. Um, I think it's all going to depend on if Craig comes back. We could mention also, you know, right now, date this episode, the first positive um, news of a potential Daniel Craig ter- return has come out where Craig has now made public statements saying, you know, it's, it's a good job to have. He's not saying I'm coming back, but he's like, I love playing James Bond. It's the best job in the world. And then you've had, yeah. you know, um, Barbara Broccoli, I think, was the one where she said that he's still their first choice for the role. They're not really actively looking for anybody else. It's looking positive for him to do another one. If this goes down as his final Bond movie, I think it will develop a better reputation over time. If he does come back for one more, which I think he should, just at least one more just to finish out the storyline, at least give closure to the Blofeld story, then I would say Spectre goes down as a forgotten movie, you know. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if he does come back, if people's opinion on this movie does change. It might be the Tomorrow Never Dies of the Craig era, yeah. I guess. The one that people kind of, like, oh, it's good, but I always forget it's there. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting kind of you saying with the reports because, you know, I think we, since we last spoke about it, we had sort of concrete news stories that he's done, he's not doing it. Then Sony were like offering ridiculous amounts of money. Wasn't it like $100 million mm-hmm. to do like two films? And yeah, and I read the, the, the interview sort of bit with Craig where he was saying that and he basically sort of, Apologize for saying he wanted to slit his wrists um, for, for playing Bond again. So, I mean, I think we've kind of... We talked a little bit about it um, in our Spectre episodes. I guess kind of... I'm probably on the opinion that he will, yeah, probably do at least one more mm-hmm. now, whereas, you know, six months or a year ago, I, was, I would have easily said he's done. Um, and, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think I agree with you again, sort of after all this time too, that, like, I mean, you know Blofeld's going to come back. Um, you know, and sort of the way Spectre ended, you know, it's obviously as we talked about it, kind of it left it sort of fifty-fifty whether or not that was the end for Craig or whether or not there's more to come. So, um, I think yeah, looking on it now, even though again, you know, I'm not the hugest Craig fan, I would I would be happy for him to do at least one more mm-hmm. just to kind of bring that closure because it's it's I mean that's the thing with Bond, isn't it? Like as we've talked about over the years, it's like it's it's rare for an actor to kind of 
fully come into something and be like, this is my last one. You know, I know obviously Connery sort of did it, but then obviously came back and, you know. And then said it again and then came back. Yes, exactly. And Roger Moore, I mean, he's still denying that he's playing James Bond again <laughs> um, for the next one. Um, you know, and obviously as a huge Brosnan fan, you know, it's, it's sad to kind of think that we, you know, I mean, the legacy of Brosnan Bond is you know, putting diamonds in Halle Berry's belly. And that so, was the guy who um, wanted to keep making them, and they're like, no, that's okay. Yeah. So sad. Poor Pierce. Yeah, but, you know, the thing with Spectre is that even, like, the worst Bond movies, there's maybe something really memorable about them, and I'm not saying Spectre's one of the worst. I ranked it kind of just on the lower half of the 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 Bonds, I 13 out of, what, 24 or whatever. Um, the opening sequence... I did say, I think we recorded the day after that the movie came out, or you know, one or two days after it came out, and I said it, I thought it was the greatest opening sequence of all time. I might still stand to that statement. I, I'd love to do a rankings once we can get Noah um, <laughs> back. Uh, uh, That's all back from the story. dead. The dead will be alive again. <laughs> <laughs> Noah Groves. <laughs> but uh, I'd love to do one for opening sequences, but I still struggle to think of an opening sequence that still, even watching on tv i thought because i saw it on a huge imax screen it really just blew me away just the size and the scale of it just watching it on my small 19 inch tv in my bedroom um that's not even full hd it still blew (laughs) me away and uh i i think that well i said it to you that i'm super jealous you got to see the locations for that you know, I also mentioned this is a weekend where I've even mentioned on the show we were supposed to have Julian Glover who played Christados in For Your Eyes Only and John Reese davies uh, who was in The Living Daylights, not to mention Lord of the Rings and everything else, at our Comic-Con this very weekend. And they both cancelled. Two guests cancelled this year. We got They listened to Double Oscar. They did, they yeah. To like, nah, they were afraid <laughs> of my $35 offer for them to endorse the show, I think it was. <laughs> Not even the full $50. If it was Spectre, etc. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, they're off right now somewhere in Australia. Now that you've left, they're yeah. off to interview with the proper podcasts. But exactly. This was my weekend of disappointment. You got to experience what I still say, the greatest opening sequence of all time. And... If I am never in the mood to finish Spectre again, and I, I probably will be at some point, <laughs> uh, it was only like a couple months ago when I put it on and didn't really feel like finishing it. I don't think I could ever turn down watching that opening sequence. If it comes on TV, I will watch the opening sequence and then change the channel, whatever else is on, if I have to. But that opening sequence, it still just blows me away. It's one of the greatest scenes I've ever seen in a Bond movie. And you know, when it first came out, that I wasn't you know, our reaction episode, because I think we recorded that, didn't we, like, only hours after Noah and I had seen it, because you saw it, I think, what, like, a week or two yeah. before we did, so, um, I mean, my reactions straight away weren't that high, because I'm just a, you know, a fucking idiot, but, like, um, you know, yeah, like, over time, obviously, like, I I would, you know, top ten for sure, top five probably, yes, um, but you just wanted to do the rankings of the opening sequences so we can just keep delaying Dino of the day, <laughs> the commentary, um, but, I mean, lo and behold, we're going to be doing that in the same room, Yeah, uh, that's all of the story. But, um, yeah, like, it's, I mean, the thing that sort of, you know, in kind of having to rewatch it and watch it in bits sort of in the last couple of days as well, it's so much stuff works with it and just, you know, obviously the, the music and just, you know, everything along those lines with it too. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure, and I think Noah's up there with it as well. Um, I, it would not surprise me at all if that even made the top three overall rankings, let alone top five when we eventually do that episode. Yeah, as long as we don't have a debacle like your song rankings to ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by those song rankings. I will, I will staunchly defend yeah, them. If Stand rankings. By Your Man was in there, it would have been number one on those <laughs> rankings. Hey, hey, we're Mini Driver in Dorse now. Don't you forget that. <laughs> I just want to say, I don't know. I'm guessing you haven't watched this. Um, I, I'm guessing you probably don't watch a lot of TV in the last couple of weeks, but... Have you heard of a TV show called Timeless? Uh, I will say no. I have not heard of a TV show called Timeless. Okay, so it's a new TV show that just debuted. I think it's a co-production, a co-Canadian and American production, because there's definitely uh, like a heavy Canadian production stuff that you see like in the credits and everything. But it's a science fiction show about time travelers. And I watched the first couple episodes and I enjoyed it. But then I felt there's so many things on TV right now. You know, NHL just started up. I don't feel like I need to watch every week of this. And then my sister says to me just this morning, she's like, do you watch that show Timeless? And I'm like, oh, I just didn't watch the most recent episode. And she's like, they went back in time to, you know, World War uh, II or whatever. 
and they met Ian Fleming. Ian Fleming was the character who was in this episode. And at the end of the episode wow. comes and that they changed history and there was a new Bond movie that never had been there before with Sean Connery. I'm like, I can't believe I missed this episode. So <laughs> endorsement, something else that we can review coming up, an episode of Canadian slash American science fiction time travel show, Timeless, with Ian Fleming. Um, I can already say, just from the description my sister gave me, sounds way better than uh, the the Ian Fleming miniseries that came out like about two years ago. Well, I just want to point out that I'm glad you're talking about another show that isn't The Walking Dead, because similar oh. to freaking Game of Thrones, I don't watch The Walking Dead, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so whenever some massive thing happens, I feel like the complete loser in the corner getting pointed at like oh you don't watch it you're an idiot but actually one thing quickly you mentioned about going to bond locations on a related note to kind of bond and kind of what we talked about in our last commentary episode i did do a tour of paramount studios when i was in hollywood and they have of course the massive stage lots and on the doors of the stage lots it has a list of the tv shows and movies (laughs) that were filmed on that specific (laughs) stage and i got to enter a stage that Beautician and the Beast was filmed on. So, there you go. We, we should also mention there were much more important things that were filmed on that stage. No, like no movie history The was made. Godfather. <laughs> but yes, you're right. The Beautician and the Beast. This is what's been going on. This is why we haven't done an episode. Because we're talking about TV shows that I missed. And <laughs> places where they filmed The Beautician and the Beast. But... Absolutely. Yeah, but I mean, it's still. I think it's fun to do a catch up on something like Spectre, and this is why I'm interested to do this podcast. Come up when these new things come out. I mean, we can talk about oh, what's it like a year later, and it's not that we're stalling people, even though we have an episode called "We're Stalling People." <laughs> um, well, well, on that note, I, I believe it's very soon to the 14th anniversary of Die Another Day, so uh, uh, you know we can we can tie that in with our commentary that's coming soon. Well, we can tease that a little bit because you mentioned it there, and it wasn't a joke. You will be probably, what, three weeks from now? You'll be yeah. here in my town of Winnipeg, and we'll be doing a commentary live in the same room of Die Another Day, which means... Can I just point out quickly, sorry to interrupt, but when I went to America in April and we met in Minneapolis, when I people would ask the question, where are you going when you're in America? And, you know, you'd say other places, say Minneapolis. The question you always got was, why are you going to Minneapolis? Yeah. <laughs> I had a conversation with a friend of mine who lives in Toronto the other day. And I said, oh, I'm coming back to Canada. She's like, oh, where are you going? And I'm like, oh, I'm going to Montreal. I'm going to go to Ottawa. I'm going to go to Winnipeg. First response was, why are you going to Winnipeg? (laughs) (laughs) You know, the funny thing is there are so many people who live here and or who move here from other countries. And that's what we ask people. We're like, why Winnipeg? Which is weird because Winnipeg has many times been voted the most beautiful city in Canada. There's a lot of history here. But it's just, it's especially during the winter, there's no reason anybody would want to come here. I think you're lucky right now we're unseasonably warm. Uh, I don't think we've even gone below freezing temperature yet. Uh, but just this past weekend, I went to the, the zoo and there was uh, a worker at the zoo who was talking about bats. And, you know, my wife asked, oh, that's a cool accent you have, like she was Australian or whatever. And, of course, the first thing, I didn't say it, but the first thing that came to my mind is, like, why would you come here? <laughs> like, don't they have <laughs> zoos in Australia? <laughs> well, it's it's funny because, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm hanging out for cold weather. Trust me, I've just spent, you know, a week in Los Angeles and, and Texas where the temperature didn't drop below 30. Mm-hmm. And I'm here in Mexico where it's been cooler, but I'm so bloody sunburned. <laughs> and then going to Atlanta to date this thing tomorrow where I don't think the temperature again has dropped below 30. So I'm hanging out to going to, you know, cooler climates very, very soon. So I'm just sad that I'm not going to be here in winter to completely freeze my nuts off, but whatever. Yeah, well, if you'd ever been here in a winter, you wouldn't be wishing that ever. <laughs> but, but yeah, we will be doing uh, a live commentary, a first for Double Oz 7. Not live as in broadcasting live, but recording it in the, in the, same, room. In the same room. So uh, every time... Ben praises something that Halle Berry does. Uh, I will vomit all over him. <laughs> It'll be interesting. Uh, I don't think we want to record video for it because it would just be disturbing. But uh... this, this is why I'm not actually staying at Colin's house. That's right. He's afraid I'm going to like wake him up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Hey, Colin, remember that bit and die another day when Halle Berry did this? Yeah. <laughs> and not just because you'd be sharing a room with my six-month-old son who is surrounded by James Bond posters that I still have not taken down in his nursery. I'll point out, so at least you'd feel at home. But no, I think that'll probably be our next episode. Uh, 
if we do find time for another episode between now and three weeks from now, uh, we'll probably just come up with a random topic. We'll try to, you know, track down where in the world Noah is right now. Maybe get him on to talk about his locations that he just saw from Diamonds of Forever. He did, yeah. He did see some, didn't yeah. he, in Amsterdam. Yeah. So it's not all about me. And Noah actually is in Europe. And, yes, that, I mean, that would be an interesting one, actually, to get him to talk about having an Amsterdam good time in Amsterdam. Yeah. And we'll find out who he met on Tinder while he was over there. <laughs> well, actually, if you look at his photos on uh, Facebook right now with people he's hanging out with, he doesn't need Tinder. He's getting lucky enough <laughs> as it is. So you're the only one who struck out. No, he's being James Bond. <laughs> Ben's the only one who struck out. Here. Well, exactly. <laughs> I think I think it's just Mexican girls, right? Once I get back to America, I'm back on the saddle. It's all yeah. good. <laughs> uh, so that's it for our recap of year two of Spectre um, slash Ben's escapades in the Spectre themed Day of the Dead festival which is uh, coolest and exclusive and anybody can check it out uh, on our Facebook page and I'm sure there'll be a post up on our site and possibly on other people's sites too um, people with yes, more listeners they're actually well we'll give it a plug why not yeah. you know they've got you know about 20,000 times the listeners and followers <laughs> as we do so it's not really going to matter everybody who you know the 29 people who like us on Facebook I'm sure like uh, James Bond Radio as well. But, um, yes, you, you sort of mentioned before about not many James Bond media doing anything. They actually did put a post, which you directed me to, um, asking if anyone was going to be there. So I um, I wrote them a little entry, provided them some pictures, and they're going to be putting up a, an entry on their, their website in the coming days. So, um, yeah, I guess shameless plug for James Bond Radio. Check it out. Ben has jumped ship to James Bond Radio. Yes, yes. Spectre, etc. wouldn't have me, so I had to go to the next Spectre. They took thing. Noah. <laughs> now, pretty soon, I'll be the only one left on here. <laughs> yes, yes, you will be. But that is it from the Day of the Dead, and we will be back soon for something else that should be dead, which is Die Another Day and Lee Tamahori's Cross Dressing Legacy. <laughs> um, until then, uh, the dead are alive, and they are on Tinder. And uh, I am Ben, and remember, ladies, I'm coming to a city near you, swipe right to like me and tell me what James Bond parades out in your town soon. <laughs>